Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to another episode of Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I'm catching up with Josh Radel, who is at Enscape. Um, and I say catching up because we hung out Autodesk 2019, you could, you yep. were a speaker presenter, um, lots of cool things. And now you find yourself as a customer experience rep at Enscape. And I think that's amazing. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great being here. Great catching up with you again, too. Like you said, we had some fun in, in Vegas. It was a good time. <laughs> Long for the days. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a lot of late nights, early mornings. Just yeah. What was it like being a presenter there? I was so nervous, to be perfectly honest with you. It was my first time, and I made a mistake of looking at how many people were registered for the class. And it was like, uh, I shouldn't have done that. Like, uh oh. <laughs> it like was full. From. I, <laughs> was standing up on like I didn't even see the room before too, and like I go and they're like, oh, you're in, you're in the big room, you're on the stage. I'm like, whoa. whoa, whoa like what <laughs> like you're up there you get that big screen I'm like whoa <laughs> even the guy like hooking the microphone up he's like just breathe I'm like what? he's like you're good just you be, you'll be all right and then like they open the doors and people start coming I'm like oh, okay showtime <laughs> how many but, sessions did you host when you were there I just did the one other than that I was at the booths so I was bouncing around different booths seeing how everybody was doing so just kind of helping out where I needed to need to help out bringing people from my booth over to other people's booths yeah being nice. a social butterfly and that is the like, fun part i do miss social uh, butterfly in general being around oh, yeah yeah no it was so cool and just seeing everybody again too from the different companies like you know seeing you seeing people from different rendering companies too it's like hey what's up man like i know we talk once in a while but then we get to see each other and have a couple of drinks it's a good time yeah, the layers. I love like the kind of cross pollinations through the different like levels and hierarchies of each entity. And like, you know, then the then the users like get to like meet. Like yeah. I we hung out with with Kai, who's like, you know, part of the Enscape <laughs> team. Yep. And uh Moritz is one of the, the founder. Um, you know, just having some some cocktails at like the bowling alley and it was just sort of like wild. The bowling and fun. alley was fun. Yep. The bowling alley was, was fun. Yeah. And I'm looking back, it's like, oh man. And then the concert going on in there too. It's like <laughs> so much fun. I hope we get to do that again. It was so much it's fun. It's going to be on my calendar, like first thing. Um. <laughs> What's always good too, like peel back the, like, all right, let's, we don't have to talk about what work. Let's just have some fun. Like that's what it's about. Getting to know everybody on a personal level too. Like, Well, if anybody's all... hung out with me, my work is fun. And that is a personal level. <laughs> Which is why I think ginger we, bim. yes, ginger bim. I don't know if anybody noticed our uh, ginger bim posting, but Josh and I reconnected. Um, I would say basically uh, sometime in January, you reached out to me. Uh, you're officially at Enscape. You're officially like getting your feet under you and like uh, facilitating some of the new uh, features that Enscape has released. And so it's great yep. timing to have you here and just kind of uh, broadcast some of the unique platform yeah. changes that you guys have made. So let us, let us in. <laughs> so biggest one is we have a new 3.0 launch coming out in March. So 
can't really talk about all the super cool details, but what you can see is some of the stuff that is being um, implemented on our website and also on our forum. So you can actually, you can also check it out on the, on the forum to download it, test it out, give us some feedback on what you'd like. Um, some big plans are a whole new UI overhaul, which is super cool. Um, again, you can check it out as well too. A lot of, uh, a lot of things for Vectorworks, batch rendering for Vectorworks, some new extended upload management stuff coming out. Um, just some really cool stuff coming out. So we're really looking forward to it. And again, that'll be coming out in March. So again, that's great. You can definitely try it out. Still in beta. Recommend don't doing it on a don't using it on a project for right now. So um, <laughs> if you have a project that you're working on, I need to get out. Stay with the stable version, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can definitely try it out for for yourself and please let us know what you guys think. So that's what we're yeah. For. And for those who we don't really know. I feel like you and I dove in because we we're already so familiar, but for those who don't know what Enscape is, can you give us a little background? Yeah. So Enscape, it's a real-time rendering engine. It's a plugin. It'll sit inside your desired CAD software. So ArchiCAD, SketchUp, Vectorworks, Rhino, and Revit. So it's a plugin. It'll sit right inside there. So you don't have to change really anything about your workflow. If you're working with dual monitors, you can have Enscape open on one window. You could have your CAD system open on one. Whatever changes you're making, Enscape will instantaneously in real time show them to you and get a really nice looking render. That's really the real power. So it's, we're seeing a lot more of it used for design review because you can just have it sit over there. You can see every see all the changes instantaneously. Customers can see that as well too because you know a lot of times customers can't look at a floor plan and see and visualize what their model is going to look like. So if you show them an Enscape, they're like, holy cow, like that's it. That's so cool. And then from there you can make, they can get that really one-to-one -one scale sense of what their building's going to look like, what, what it's going to feel like. A lot of times they'll make design changes that they didn't even think to think would be a, an issue. And then they see it and they're like, Hey, maybe I don't like that. Let's move it around a little bit. So that's what Enscape will provide is that real-time model feedback. Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of changed the workflow of design. So in years previous, it was sort of these like controlled uh, sheet sets that would get developed by the designer and then get, you know, presented to the, to the owner. And, you know, there was sort of like, um, you know, this, you had to digest all the changes that had made. So like from an owner's perspective, and then uh, you had to start imagining what those changes would feel like or look like if you were standing there, which is always a challenge. And then you had to like formulate your, your feedback. And then in those meetings to have it be, you know, I've got to batch all of the comments and then get them infused into the next sheet set. Um, there's, I felt like an, an efficiency loss. And so what we're using right. Enscape for is that immersive experience uh, throughout design development. So it's not like a controlled set. And so I honestly, like there's meetings where I'm making changes to the design in real time, rather than having to make notes on those changes and having to go back into right. my model and make them. Cause some of them are just easy, like, you know, which wall they want the shower right. system to land on. I'm like, Oh, right, right there. Exactly. Okay. Move that. <laughs> um, yep, perfect. Yeah. So it definitely, it definitely makes like the workflow fast. <laughs> and it's fun too that's the best part it's fun so much fun I, that is like <laughs> the driving home for Tiberbell is that designing construction is so much fun but it can get arduous and difficult when you're um, right. having to make so many big decisions uh 
I felt a little bit blind. So Enscape definitely empowered our clients to not to like be able to see, you know, what they're paying for, what they want to pay for. Exactly. Um, So, yeah. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. How did you, what's, what's your pathway to Enscape? I feel like it was not the typical, uh, AEC industry pathway. So tell us about that. (laughs) It was a little bit different. Um, so first I always had the passion for visual effects and motion graphics. Like I'm a huge sports fan. So seeing those motion graphic titles, like I wanted to go do that. That was my thing. Virtual reality, augmented reality. That was my thing. So I went to school for visual effects and motion graphics graduated with a degree in that but I felt like there was something something missing like I really found 3d modeling I always had a passion for AEC stuff um always had a passion for buildings just how they looked especially architecture visualization too that always infatuated me too I was I was always obsessed looking at it and stuff um so I went back to school I had a consultation with with a with an advisor at a game design school and I was like, well, I, I like playing video games, but I don't know about developing them. He's like, well, the skills you'll learn here, you can take with to architecture visualization, 3D modeling, texturing, rendering, lighting, motion capture, not so much, but motion capture is still cool. Um, so utilizing those skills, I was able to land a job while I was still in college at an Autodesk reseller. I got hired to do 3D printing at the time, and then we spun off a 3D printing company. So I was doing photogrammetry scanning. Um, where we could create little little mini 3D prints of you. And then from there, I could take those digital avatars and then create digital renderings of them. So we could put little Easter eggs inside of Enscape or inside any other real-time rendering program. Um, so that was super cool and doing that with assets. And then from there, that kind of led me into, hey, with the rise of like Enscape coming up, Lumion, all those other ones. It was like, hey, well, you have a video game design background. Let's start pushing you towards that. So I started picking up you know, Enscapes, because when I worked for the Autodesk reseller, they were also a reseller of Enscape, Fuser, and V-Ray. So I, I could learn all those. And then I had access to architects, engineers, constructions, everybody from the different types of industries. So I'd pick their brain. How are you using this? How are you using this? Is this beneficial? How could we, how could we all work together here? So I really got to know a lot of people, got to know their workflows and such. So, and then from there, um, found my way to Enscape. I was, uh, I was unemployed for a couple months and then a good friend of mine reached out, Dan Stein was like, Hey, you know, reach out to Enscape on your behalf. Um, so then Enscape reached out to me. I've known, I know Maritz too. And I know Kai. So I was, I was an Enscape reseller or worked for an Enscape reseller. So I kind of had the connection. And then from there, one thing led to another and now I'm here. So now yeah. I get to work directly for Enscape, which it's almost like a dream come true pretty much it's actually really cool i'm still still processing it every day like it's still really cool they well and then that's what's interesting is that um the aec has been struggling to like attract like a different demographic into the industry and i feel like you know you're an example of that you know like what what those pathways are and like as we open innovation and a digital implementation it's like you know what type of talent are we going to need and to kind of broadcast that there's opportunity here for the for the folks that are interested in that sort of like visualization. Right. And then, um, I mean, what Enscape is doing with making it, I, I would say BIM friendly. So like yep. being able to like see that identity data, that mm-hmm. was like one of the newer um, uh, 
uh, updates was that yep. BIM feature, which yep, the BIM. Yeah, yep. describe describe what that is. So the BIM feature that is essentially where in the Enscape viewer you you'll be able to click on anything within the scene, any object within the scene, and it'll pull up every information about that particular wall or whatever you click on. So it'll pull all the information from from Revit in there. And then there's also a feature if you're using BIM Track too. There's also a feature to synchronize your projects and look at issues and markups within BIM Track as well and synchronizing all those. So really cool stuff. It does unlock the value of having a model. You know, I've I felt like in uh, maybe around like 2012, um, which I wasn't in the industry yet, but when I, I was in 2016, I started to immerse myself and there was a lot of resistance to this model modeling environment versus drafting environment. And right. one of them is, is that, you know, why do I, why, why, what's the value of building the model versus, you know, drawing the specific uh, layouts and formats that I've in, intended as a designer. Um, right. And I think what Enscape has done is that like closes this loop on, on an ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Those models become immersive. They come immersive and then you can really feel the story of how, why this building is built. You get to put your own personal touch on it and then you really get to see the, why are we building this model? You know, what's it for? You get to see the story of it. You can see it throughout the whole project's life cycle. It, it almost gives you that, that microscope into the whole cycle of it, which is really cool to see because now customers, stakeholders, everybody can stay up to date on what's going on with their project. Yeah, like I also think it gives some designers some some cred because oh, exactly. people get to see how hard it is. You know, I worked on a project. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> worked on a project. It was a uh, a couple that needed to build uh, an addition for uh, the the mother in law. Mm. I haven't met the mother in law. The mother in law, uh, you know, eventually this addition will just serve as like the owner suite for or the primary suite for the house. So primary, my primary clients are the husband and wife, but I'm like, I've got to think, you know, universal accessibility. I've got to think all of this, but it also needs to service the, the needs of the husband and wife. I'm like, this is hard. Um, but Enscape definitely like they own, the owners that definitely understood how much more efficient the design process was because they got to see some right. of those rough challenges we were facing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's the cool stuff that maybe sometimes they don't get to see. Absolutely. Because they, they could just look at a floor plan and then you're sitting there making notes and then it's like, you go back to your computer and then just give them a fresh set. And they're like, oh, well, that must've been super easy for you. It's like, no, 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 actually not. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. I think it is very powerful to show some of the challenges as a, de a designer is trying to face and, and have that, um, that connection with your clients. It's powerful. Exactly. Mm. And you get to build that relationship with them too, which is even better. Yeah. So we, we were talking a little bit about like uh, new talent and diversity coming into the AEC industry. Is there anything that Enscape is doing to kind of build out that platform either in like a nonprofit, institutional, educational? Mm. Yeah, no, completely. Um, so we're working a lot with uh, educationals. You get, if you're a student or an educator, you get free licenses for as long as you're a student or a teacher. Wow. So that's something really powerful because, you know, we're encouraging that. Um, could definitely, it's on our website too. You can pull up the web link. It's uh, enscape.enscape3d.com slash educational licenses. So that's Throw where you that in the show notes, folks. Yep, exactly. 
um, so it's, it's definitely something we're really encouraging, encouraging the next generation to get into it. Um, and we're also here to help out too. We have a, so we'll be able to help out with educational trainings, training teachers, get them up to speed too. Um, you have the access to the support button as well as a student. So if you ever run into a problem, you can hit that feedback button and our support agents can jump in and help out as well. Very responsive. So, I've, I've, very I've experienced that. Very responsive. Awesome. Glad to hear. I'll pass that <laughs> off to the team. <laughs> but yeah, that's, so that's something that we're always work that we're, you know, continuously getting better at too. Doing more with students, helping, helping the next generation build us a better tomorrow, pretty much. There we go. Yes. Do you, um, since you have such a, a pulse on your uh, users and your clients, are there key challenges that they're encountering that you're noticing as a general theme in the industry? It, I think the overall one that's becoming more and more prevalent is keeping everybody up to date on the, the project's life cycle. So as long as people are getting more and more used to it, it's becoming more and more of a thing. And then how do we go beyond the A and AEC? You know, how do we, that's one of the challenges. How do, how do you play well with everybody? How do you get engineers and construction side and everything? So that's one of the challenges right now is how do you get, how do you get all that? How do you so, make it BIMI? <laughs> exactly. How do you make it BIMI? Because exactly. How do you make it BIMI? Yeah. To keep everybody, to keep everybody there. The so first thing we have to make sure it. everyone knows what BIMI is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm going to make some sweet t-shirts. BIMI. <laughs> <laughs> we do. I um whenever I find myself speaking to like a new a new audience, I'll use BIM and then I'll like transfer like you know building information modeling, and then right. the in the back of my brain I'm like, why is this the acronym that I am forced to? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, try, I've been trying to brainstorm if there's like I'm like digital model construction. Right. And like something, DMC. Something. I'm like, that sounds like run DMC and I'm into that. I'm like <laughs> we're gonna show up the next day. You got like a run DMC shirt on. <laughs> uh I don't know if I can have that much sway on the industry. I'm gonna like migrate away from them, but um it is it is important for I actually had a client reach out. Uh it's a new construction project, it's on a lake. The topography is very challenging because it's like a cliff. And uh <laughs> I put a proposal out, they emailed us back and um, it was great. He was like, we've decided to push forward with the BIM. And I'm like, yes, yes, you have. He was listening to me. <laughs> I was like, that's it. I need to start, I need people to start in, like using the vernacular and using it like in an empowered yeah. way. Um, well, so, exactly. Yeah, the podcast. And it's been are, such a huge thing too. It has. It's just there's just so much information that just went unnoticed. And now with, now with them, you can see all that, that information that was maybe not the maybe that the owners of stakeholders weren't prevalent to, and now they can see it so they can help make, they can help stay up to date and keep everybody, you know, a note on what they, what they would like change, if anything. You know? Absolutely. Um, I'm like going through my question. I have too many questions to ask you. So we're going to like, <laughs> Try and keep this to an hour, but um, I was kind of like wondering, like, what are some like unique goals that you have or philosophies about the industry? Since now you're out of like that digital, what is it, the motion picture type environment into this AAC? Like, are you starting to develop new and interesting goals? 
with what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah. For me, it's personally, how, how can you keep, how can you make the A, the E and the C all work together? So you got your civil side, you got your MEP side, you got your arc side. How can you make everybody play together? Like, mm-hmm. cause it takes everybody. Yeah, it's not just one. You, you gotta, it takes a whole division to make a building. So it's, that for me was the coolest thing. Seeing, understanding the process, understanding like what all it takes, you know, to make a building. Like it really takes every discipline, you know, like now, now I'm constantly looking around everything like, oh, yeah, okay, I can see. Okay, there's the ductwork. There's, okay, there's, you know, like, so it's just that for me was the coolest thing. And then being able to, see how we can help keep everybody together give somebody give everybody one platform where they can work together to help get to one end goal that's ultimately we're all working together to make one end product well and i've asked you like you know the culture of enscape um as a company to work for and like you know you've like you know just happy as you know pig in mud and i think that is so <laughs> important because it is and I've, I've written about this in some of like my blog posts is when you're asking an industry to make these shifts, these big shifts, uh, it's important for uh, the platform companies mm-hmm. to, to take this collaborative because we don't want to create a dependency. So I can tell you right now that our workflow is very Enscape dependent because it gives my clients, I mean, you talk about bringing everybody to the table they got to want to be on that platform. Exactly. It's got to be a pleasant and productive experience. Yep. And so how and is the Enscape team like put it, infusing that into their development? It's things on our roadmap that we're looking into on how to, how to play better with all of those, how it's in the discussion on the how the why is there. It's just the how, the how, how to, how, what's the steps to get there? How do we, you know, so it's, it's something that's on the roadmap that they're, that they're looking at. How to, how to, how to, how do you grow? How do you get forward? I think it's fantastic that there is a company roadmap because I think that is a unique operational, like how to create the cohesion on the team. Right. Yeah. And you reached out to me because we were, you were doing some internal, um, what did you, what do we call it? So you want inter- uh, success stories? Internal customer. Yeah. To kind of help out, help our internal team see how, how our customers are using the product. Cause then it gives them better. It's not like, Oh, they're using it for a way we didn't may, may didn't think of like, that's super cool. I wonder if there's other people doing the same thing. So, or maybe there's a little trick too, that you guys are using, you know, to help out with the product. And it's like, Oh, that's super cool. Then we didn't think of that or something, you know, cause we really love customer feedback. That's how it helps us grow. Yeah. You guys are using the software daily. You guys know the workflow. So definitely your ideas help out too. Cause then it's like, Oh, well maybe we could look at something like this to help with that. And I think that's unique because you've got engineers that have the, the capacity and capability to build platforms that are applicable to the AEC mm-hmm. industry, but are they, are they made for us by us? Exactly. <laughs> um, users for users. <laughs> yeah, it's like getting. I loved it because so when you reached out to me, I was sharing a story about um, during uh, quarantine and shutdown. 
um, there was a big project and it needed to be developed and a builder brought me in because we had a sheet set, but we didn't have a way for getting the customers that were basically stranded in Florida, but wanting to build a house in upstate New York. Um, how, how do we get everybody connected through these sheet sets? And having, uh, so the builder reached out to me, he's like, do you think you can get a model created for us so that we can have this immersive experience? And I had, you know, Zoom meetings with Enscape virtual tours. And it, and it was one of the unique things was having uh, the builder see the finishes that we had installed into the model because the plans had, you know, gaps in what the finishes were going to be. And, you know, he would call me out. He's like, do not put that in there. I did not put that in the bid. Take that out right now. <laughs> so to get like your, to get like the Enscape engineers, like understanding like the positive impact they're having on, on production and keeping production going. Um, I thought that was great. So, you know, if more people who are listening or Enscape users or Enscape fans are considering Enscape, just, I think that's one of the unique things about working with the company is it's integrated. Yeah, absolutely. And we greatly appreciate your customer story too. <laughs> we really loved it. Well, there was like that practical thing. And then there was the <laughs> Ginger Bim 2020, which was our. <laughs> that was cool though. That was really cool. Well, uh, what did I, I, I quoted Buddy the Elf. It's like the best way to yeah. to share to spread holiday cheers, sharing our ginger bim at the end of the year. And it was <laughs> it was literally our models and just changing out what the materials were from you know uh, gypsum and siding to frosting and gingerbread um, and adding some gumdrops. <laughs> so. Those were some really cool models, though. Those were some really cool models. She did a really good job on them. <laughs> it was a great team effort and it certainly yeah. was a great way to close out 2020. Yeah. And, and it's something fun too. Like, especially during these times too, like something fun like that, like it's really cool. And it, it gave everybody a good laugh too. They're like, that is cool. Like that is really awesome. <laughs> like, especially buddy the elf, like it was a cool Easter egg. Like, that was cool. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, all right, you and I had a nice uh, tutorial, which is something I think customers could reach out to you guys for on how to use some of the new features that you guys are offering. Yeah. What was what was our tutorial on, Josh? It was on creating custom assets. Woo, custom assets, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> custom assets, love the feature. Um, so yes, that is something fun. Do you guys have any tutorials that are posted now, or is that something that if someone wanted to get a little more information out, they could reach out to you guys? I believe there's a couple YouTube videos out there. Hint, hint. Um, a lot of our YouTube <laughs> hint, hint, yep, yep. Um, a lot of our power users too are actually doing a lot of really cool videos as well to get a whole different spin on how they're using it in their daily workflow too. So that, that's a really cool thing to see as well. You know, so we encourage people to make make these cool videos that you guys are doing with cool stuff. Like we really encourage it. It's really cool to see. Um, there is a how-to on our knowledge base on how to create custom assets. So it gives you kind of like a step-by-step -step on how to. Or like you said, feel free to reach out. We can schedule a web session with myself or another another member of our team and we can walk you through on how to do that. So was there a trigger for like that being a, f a feature that you guys were adding? Did you have customers that were requesting that? Like what was the instigator? Yeah. 
Yeah, so it was a heavily requested thing because um, a lot of times if you have something specific that you need, it might not be in the Enscape assets that ship with it, which is an ever-growing thing. Um, but, you know, you have a specific model that you need. If you don't see it in there, there's a way now where you can create it yourself, especially if it's too hard to model in Revit because Revit or a different program, it's kind of it could be kind of hard. Or if you find a, three, a, a find a model that somebody's already created out there, now you can just add it in yourself using the custom asset editor. So you can just walk through there, load it in, add the textures to it, scale it accordingly. And now you can just drag and drop it in there. So it's really, it, it, it broke a lot of grounds. It was really cool. It was a huge update. It My is. And, I, and I, I got, we've just started playing around with it, but it does give, um, and I'm, I'm hundred percent Revit based. So you maybe go into how other um, platforms are using it, but I can tell you that when we're, trying to give like those really immersive photorealistic uh, renderings out for our clients to like really drive home our design. And in some cases really uh, inspire our clients to follow our design lead. Um, the adding some of those, some of those features really, really do make it like homey. It gives it that like, you know, it, home vibe versus just like, this is your room. Well, exactly. There's a lot of, nature assets in there there's a lot of really good just assets in general but like you said it's it's how do you add those those little things that you normally couldn't in Revit, like a bowl full of cherries on a table or a bowl full of apples or you know something like that just to just to add to the story of the design and then it, it just triggers something in the customer like i can you know they can relate to it more it, it helps tell the story of it more so it's cool little things like that um, that's how it's being used in other programs as well too like just to, just to add those little things in there. Yeah. And then especially for trees and plants as well too, or vehicles as well. Yeah. Like people. Oh, FYI, I had a client that had like a red Corvette. We actually found like a red Corvette to have in his driveway nice. in the model. Nice. <laughs> See, perfect, fun stuff. And it, it, it added that level of the, you know, like, wow, you guys really know us. We're like, yes, yeah, so we really listen to you. We really try. <laughs> And have this very deep empathetic experience with how you're going to use it um yeah and helping honestly like it does adding those adding those assets i would say gives uh relativity it helps exactly. people not only relate to the space but also create like proportions for the space exactly it's like exactly i need to fit this couch and i can tell you that i've tried a hundred ways to make like a nice plushy couch in the Revit family but you know what? <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> that's just not what Revit was. <laughs> drop an asset. Was yep. <laughs> yeah. And, th and that was a bigger thing too. Like there's just some things like the cat software just, it, it's not made for that. So here's where you could use an asset, which is somebody's taking the time to model it and it looks really, really nice. So it gives that next level of realism. So we can just drag and drop that in there and boom. Yeah. It's definitely and a time customer, saver. Yeah. And then the customer's like, wow, you spent, hundreds of hours it's like yeah. <laughs> don't worry i'm not billing accordingly <laughs> <laughs> um all right so let's go back to some of my show notes because we definitely went on a nice little tangent there um no, we could sit here and talk for hours <laughs> um yeah so 
you know, have you found any like individuals in the industry that you're like, you know, use the mentors, like to help guide you? Like, what are some of the like best and worst decisions you've made in your career path? Some of the best ones I've had are just asking questions. So like, like going to conferences was really, really beneficial to me because a lot of times it was just, I mean, my coworkers are still super beneficial because they've all come from the industry. So they've had that industry, industry experience. So I'd always sit there and pick their brain. And they're like, nah, I wouldn't say that. I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't know. Like, like, I don't know what I don't know. That's why I'm asking before I screw something up really badly. Before I go on a um, podcast and talk about something. <laughs> exactly, talk about something completely like I just have no idea. Like, so you know, just just asking questions and I'm like, look, I'm generally I, I want to know, so that's going to help me grow. So coworkers have been phenomenal past and present coworkers um people at conferences like you you know it's just great meeting meeting people and then just asking questions like hey tell me about your experience like wow you've been in the industry for a very long time or you you're doing some really cool stuff how are you doing that like it, it, that to me has been the biggest thing that's that's helped me grow a lot is just by asking questions to people and the aec industry so i, I always call it like a tightness little community so it's like, you know, we're all trying to help each other out, which is, you know, we're all growing together. So it, it's just been really cool to see that. So that's been extremely helpful. Yeah, we've said it on like past, um, I mean, I've said it on this podcast several times, uh, what I do love about the the digital uh, AEC minded folks is that it is a very open community. Like they're really excited to, to you know, answer your questions and uh, be a resource, um, yeah. which is incredible. And I would say it's new to the, to the industry. Yeah, no, it's been a really cool thing to see. I'm super fortunate to have made the connections that I have, you know, talk to the people that I have. It's, it's just been really cool. I couldn't, couldn't have done it without them. <laughs> couldn't have done it without everybody. So. Well, it couldn't have been all easy. Can you say if there's anything that like keeps you up at night or gets you out of bed in the morning? Like what are some of the driving factors here? It's easy to get out of bed in the morning when you're doing something that you're super passionate about and stay up late at night. Like this stuff is like an obsession for me. Just like, how, how can I create a digital world that's, that's not existing yet? Or how can I create something that will be, it's a living and breathing object. Like it, that to me, and there, it, the industry is ever changing too. Like we saw how fast technology is growing. Like it's growing at an extremely rapid pace, like with the rise of, you know, real-time rendering, like that was just mainly using visual effects and video games. But now you can see it taking the AEC, AEC industry by storm and so many possibilities that it has. And like with the rise of like VR, AR, all that stuff too. It's so all this stuff is just, it's an obsession of mine. So I'm just, when I'm not obviously, you know, after I put the kids to bed at night and it's like, all right, I'm going to just do some research, just play, try and get better, you know, just constantly learning. Cause there's always something to learn. Like there, it's just an ever growing thing. So to me, it's just, it's easy to get out of bed in the morning and stay up late. Cause like I said, all this stuff is too fun. It's too, it's, it's an obsession for me. I'm, I'm too all focused right. on it now. <laughs> well, back, what was it back in, we reconnected, uh, I would say last spring during like complete quarantine shutdown. We're all kind of yep. like, you know, well, reach out to Josh. What's he up to? <laughs> Did you ever figure out? I I put it. I put a challenge to figure out how to take a Revit IFC file and push it into Minecraft because my son gave me a challenge. <laughs> no, I haven't figured that out yet. But I before 
I came here, I did figure out a way to export. You could build your own Minecraft map. And then there was a program out there where you could export that. And then you could actually have it as a 3D model. So with the custom asset editor, you could take your little Minecraft world, throw <laughs> that into Enscape. Or what I used to do with them, I used to export them and then you could 3D print them full color and everything. Wow. Yeah. There so, you go. That's fun. Um, that, was, that was a fun thing. My kids loved it. Uh, <laughs> just a world we just made. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. It's, yeah. There it is in the palm of your hand now. Yeah. My daughter's still trying to get me. So she's got a house that she's built. She's got several houses in Blacksburg. <laughs> she's like, mom, put this into Revit. Let's, let's, let's make it real. Let's make it real. Yeah. I'll have to find the, find that program that you can export it again and send it over to you. And now <laughs> then it's like, Hey, like now it's an Netscape. <laughs> um, so like, let's do some industry insights. Um, okay. What are you hearing from your customers who are like, maybe not Revit-based? I'm like, you know, what Enscape is doing to kind of empower other platforms. It's still the real-time feedback, being able to show real-time model updates in a, in a photorealistic manner, being able to see those instantaneous changes. That's been the biggest thing so far, like across platforms, like with ArchiCAD and Vectorworks and Rhino. Um, just being able to see those real-time model feedbacks has been the biggest thing too. And the ease of use like being able to literally click start and then have everything be available in a matter of seconds, minutes, depending on the size of your model and your computer, um, being able to have that at the palm of your hands, you know, and again, the ease of use too has been a really huge thing for everybody and the, and the quality right out of the gate, being able to have something that looks really, really good right away has been the biggest thing that we've seen and heard. And you are really good at like doing some little uh, trick. I don't, say hacks but like little unique uh <laughs> settings and such can you maybe throw some out to our our listeners little tips and tricks to making yeah. enscape really pop you know me i love my materials so i love my textures don't <laughs> so, tell anybody it's our trade secret <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you utilize the different material maps in there um those are the biggest things those will really help push push the rendering farther um because a lot materials can make or break a model. If a material just looks super flat and it doesn't look real, somebody's just gonna look, you can have the greatest model in the world, but if it's not, if the texture doesn't look good, it's just kind of like, it, that looks too fake. You know what I mean? Like, it, so if you could spend a little bit of time on your textures to make them look really good and utilizing those different material maps, because a lot of times you can have a perfectly smooth piece of metal, which is fine, but oft, most of the time in life we see it, it's got some little surface imperfections. So if you can start adding those little details in there, those really, really help sell, sell the realism, you know, and just tell the, tell the story like, Hey, this, this fridge has a story <laughs> or this countertop's <laughs> got a story. You know? <laughs> like, but it, it just adds to the overall, overall feeling of it. And then QR codes have been a really, really cool feature to be able to have a QR code and then have your client customer have it on the palm of their hand on their tablet or phone has been a really cool feature. You know, it's just a panorama, but it's still something cool because we're like, wow, like I can hold that. You know, it's been really cool to see. It is. And it's interesting because it does seem like um, it did take me some time to like really leverage that and like get people into it because um, I am so accustomed to using uh, Enscape in the, in the design development. Um, and then 
I mean, I've literally gone to, you know, the tile shop and talked to like the owner of the tile shop. And I'm like, you know, this is what this room looks like. And I'm pulling out my phone and I'm doing a three, six, like, wait, what, what, what is this? I mean, you know, it's, it's well, exactly. It's moving as you're moving. Yeah. It, right. And it's, and it's on my phone. Like, how are you doing that? Like, that's so cool. <laughs> it's one of those kind of like overlooked features, but then when you see it, you're like, wow, that's cool. And then you, and then your head starts, then you're like, wait, I can put these like in my title block, I can put these floor plan. So then when the customer is looking at the floor plan or when it's printed, they just, you just say, Hey, scan with your phone quick. Mm-hmm. You know, like if they don't have a machine that can, that can run an executable file or something like, Hey, you can have that. And that's a cool, cool little takeaway for them too. Now they can, they can just bookmark the tab and then, then they have it. So those, it's those smart. have been some really, yeah. So those have been some really, really cool things. Um, obviously you don't some assets i'll talk for days about those custom assets we made a red metal chicken and it was fun because we played with the scale whether the chicken sculpture sits on a on a table or whether it's a lawn lawn (laughs) lawn, it's it's a 10 foot tall red red chicken (laughs) (laughs) angry and i'll put myself as a little yeah angry red chicken and then i have 3d scans of myself so i always just put little easter eggs in in my models yeah, that's what I got to do. We got to start doing that because I've got, yep. Uh, I actually, you know, from a practical side, um, we were, we needed to demonstrate that we had head clearance in this one uh, bathroom layout because it had to be a clipped ceiling. Um, it was on one of our habitat projects. So small, nice. small footprint house. Um, and we actually threw uh, the construction worker into the bathroom standing in front of the toilet seat. <laughs> Just say no. Just say, look at it. Say, look at it. <laughs> uh, Casey, I remember my staff was, you know, using that actually as a method to like verify like head clearance. And then I got into the model and I actually got startled. I actually jumped in my seat because oh, who's here? <laughs> She's like, thing too, like- happened? I'm like, the construction worker surprised me. <laughs> what's the thing too like you just said you it puts you in a totally different sense like just some of your senses just get lost because then you're fully immersed in it and then you're so focused that's the power of it like then you really get that next level sense of it that you just can't do looking at a set of floor plans or like a still rendering yeah 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 It's, it's it's been really fun so what would you um if some folks wanted to get into the industry or they're like new and trying to figure out where the pathway is like, or can you give you any advice? Like, what do you, what do you want people to know? Yeah. So oftentimes what I tell people is like, do a little bit of, find something that you're really like interested in. Like if you're, if you're more focused on the architecture side, just start Googling around. There's a lot of really great resources out there for like content to help you learn more. That's, that's what I found too. Like art CG architect was a really good one. A lot of really good forums out there too. Just going back to the, everybody's open to talking about things in the AAC community. So just asking questions too, like jump on a forum, just, Hey, I'm trying to, I'm just looking for some insight, you know, or LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been a really huge one for me. And you mentioned, I love LinkedIn. Like, yeah, that was I, I can sit there and just like, yeah, just cause it's like, Hey, like I got a question about this. I'm, I, I tried, I did some research and I'm still coming up short. Would you mind if I picked your brain for a little bit? You know, like, before COVID, I could say, hey, could I take you out for a cup of coffee or something <laughs> and just pick your brain? Um, conferences were a really good one, too. Um, who knows what's going to happen this year with conferences? But if they're, you know, if they're online, definitely jump in. 
just just soak up as much information as you can that's that's just what has always worked for me um and and learning the process too i've done a couple presentations at um colleges and just say just if you can go out to a job site real quick you know pick pick an architect's brain pick an engineer's brain if you if they can get you for a couple minutes learn the process just at least you'll have because then that'll help you throughout every stage of the design process from start to finish because then you'll know what they need you'll understand what the limitations are you know it's just kind of just have a good understanding of how the process works absolutely gotta play nice together right well, we do. And honestly, if like uh, with the amount of visual, if you're adding visuals and everybody has context, then all of those conversations exactly. I find go a lot smoother. You know, I've had, I've had models that I created from 2D plans. Like, you know, I was hired by a builder to create the 2D plans and we knew that there are, you know, clashes in, in the prints, but it was difficult to right. describe them or point them out to the designer and you know, get the model created, have a Zoom meeting with the builder and the architect. And I'm like, this is, you know, this is how this manifests. Did I get this right? Is this what you intended? And have the architect be like, oh yeah, no. And I'm like, all right, well, this is how these roof systems go together. How do you want to adjust this? Right. Uh, and honestly, like, you know, did I model it correctly and get their feedback? Right. And I yeah. think that's one of my favorite things is that there's such legacy knowledge in the industry uh, oh, yeah. just sort of captured and what I love right. is the collaborative relationship and the diversity we get. So I've, I've got, I've got an 80 year old architect that's been uh, incredible in, you know, giving awesome. us design feedback, like kind of best practices, but just like the artistry of like what that yeah. history has, it, it actually gets manifested exactly. in our models now. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. Like there's so much history. Cause if you look, architecture has been around for thousands of years. You know, like it, same with MEP and construction, they've been around for a very, very long time. So there's, there's really, really good knowledge out there. And most of the time people are wanting to, you know, maybe not give away complete trade secrets, but at least point you in the right direction, you know, like, and <laughs> at least give you a good starting. One of my favorite things about Enscape is when I get a, an HVAC specialist into the model and, you know, we generally create like placeholders for where those systems are going to go. But if I can get them into the model in like early design phases and they, you can tell that it's an artistry to create those, Oh, absolutely. to create those um, air handling systems. It's, it's an art. Well, yeah, it, it was just something too, like you don't really think of. And then you think about it, you're like, yeah, I gotta have warm air in my house or, <laughs> Or air conditioning how where's it gonna go like it just that was cool seeing that and like you said it's an art too like once you see all the crazy stuff they have to bend pipe around or make fit into tiny little it's like that's for you guys yep <laughs> 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 yeah it has been fun and i do think that it's uh I'm, ex I'm excited for the industry is going i'm excited to meet people like you i'm excited for companies like enscape to exist um and kind of like broadcast like impact we're having on you know yeah. the world so yeah. we gotta have buildings to live so well it definitely fast tracks sustainability I, practices i would say oh exactly exactly it's it's a tool to be utilized to help see what's coming to help see what the buildings are going to look like you know, it's 
it's a cool thing. Um, all right. Well, I think we're wrapping up. I mean, is there right. anything that I need to ask that I didn't? I think we're good. And I if folks wanted to, I know people can reach you on LinkedIn. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. People can, people can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. I always have it open, even on my phone too. So <laughs> <laughs> if I'm, if I don't respond right away, more than likely I'm playing with the kids or on a hike with the kids somewhere or playing <laughs> softball <laughs> so. or, or be or making sure like someone else knows how to use the custom asset <laughs> exactly cool. yeah. or, I'm, or i'm doing that yeah. i'm like hey let's do some let's do something cool or let's make some cool materials or something <laughs> all right let's just well, let's make something cool i really appreciate the time i'm glad we uh got to get everybody some exposure on not just how awesome manscape is and then you as a member of their uh customer experience team thank you so much yeah thank you so much for having me it was great you know always great catching up with you guys again too